Well, that music means it's time for another episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent. <laughs> With me today is my friend Megan. Hello. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm doing all right. It is Monday afternoon, yeah. December 7th. We are recording this in the sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> I figured if, like... They need an extra spot to store the COVID vaccine before they give it oh, out yeah. to people. They yeah, could use this room. Yeah, it's super frozen. Yeah, so. it's like minus 37 <laughs> degrees or whatever it is. This room would work. I think it'd be fine. But we it's are. Not quite uh, that cold. Yeah, it's getting there. It's close. It is getting there. How was your weekend? It was pretty good. Yeah. Did you yeah. do anything fun? Um, I decorated, put ornaments on my parents' Christmas tree. Yes. And I brought home my little like so the same organ uh, uh, organisms <laughs> ornaments yeah. every year. Is it the same ones well, every year? Uh, no. So we I mean yes, but our family tradition is we get an ornament every year. Oh, okay. So you just add. Um, yeah. So the ones that I put on the tree now are primarily the ones I've gotten as an adult that are like nicer. Um, yeah. And but it, like there's a few childhood ones that just always make it on the tree. Like I was telling. Um, Renee, yesterday, I went through a period of time when I got, like, a Barbie ornament, the, like, collectible Barbie ornaments. That was two years ago? When was that one? Yeah, uh uh-huh, two okay. years ago. And <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and so I have, like, a holiday Barbie ornament, and yeah. she always goes on the tree, um, even now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, holiday Barbie, here we go. Nice. We can start Christmas now. It's um, <laughs> And then I brought home my little, like, I like a... Uh, little 12 foot tree that has some like lights on it 12 foot tree no 12 inch tree. there we go sorry <laughs> you may, you said 12 foot but your hand signal said smaller <laughs> I just, thanks yeah um <laughs> 12 inch tree yeah um and i have that up and then i put christmas lights on my outside oh you yesterday. did nice yeah. they don't look great necessarily but well you know they're there they're, it's an attempt <laughs> better than three quarters of my neighborhood my neighbor like so my apartment faces the street okay um my apartments are like two set like so it's like a front facing and a back one it's like two little buildings anyway okay. um and the other front facing apartment she goes crazy and makes you look bad yeah yeah well but before she lived there i never did anything and nobody else did anything she inspired you and huh? then she moved in like two years ago and neighbor shamed me and yeah putting lights up yeah so that's kind of happened in my neighborhood too like <laughs> us we were always the only ones for the last i don't know nine years that put anything up on our house and it's never been much because you know whatever and then across then across the street somebody took over that house finally and they're doing awesome stuff, yeah. Like for <laughs> Halloween and Christmas, both. And now you kind of see like people going, "All right, we'll put a leg lamp in the window. Yeah. All, right, all right, we'll you know put a string around our a pole or something like that." Uh, yeah. Um, so it's kind of picking up. Speaking of coming back to the ornaments thing, I bought a set of ornaments. I can't even say that word right now. No, it's so cold like, in right here right now. Struggling. With I'm it. like uh, Have you ever seen Clark Griswold <laughs> out cutting down the tree ornaments. in Kith and Kin. Uh, <laughs> You bought a set of ornaments. It's not going in our house yard. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, from Ikea uh-huh. back when I was a bachelor. And uh, it's silver and red uh, little globes with some snowflake stars. And it's the exact same set we still use today. Oh, wow. So nice. I think it's the some only right leftover there. bachelor purchase 
<laughs> from the entire like... thing I've ever owned in my life <laughs> that we still use is our Christmas uh, awesome. ornaments. So. I have, I mean, I put up maybe, maybe a quarter of the ornaments that I have, probably closer to like an eighth of oh, the ornaments yeah. that I have. Yeah, you just pick and choose whichever um, ones. Well, I put up, yeah, I put up like 10 or 15 out yeah. of like 33. So yeah. actually I have more than that, but um, yeah. So, so whenever I get an actual full-size Christmas tree, I'll just have, I'll have a full set of Well, so here's what we here. do, right? So we have those ornaments, which are like uniform. They look like you're trying, like mm-hmm. you did, you know, you made an I'm attempt. Not, I'm not a fan of that, honestly. I'm, okay, that's fine. Personally. Here's the deal. <laughs> and then we have the whole, we purchase an ornament every yeah. year sort of thing. And that goes on our upstairs tree. And that... <laughs> can be a little bit of everything and the kids get to decorate that uh-huh. one so it's all over the place we don't have holiday barbie one but yeah uh, we do have uh, other <laughs> dumb things and whatever but uh, uh, so this weekend we took the kids to um we, we got our tree we, we did the whole permit thing and went up with it into the forest and cut it cut it down um but then uh this on thursday or friday of this last weekend we took the kids to the tree farm there on Road 68 and Argent and Pasco, yeah. right on the corner uh-huh. there. Yeah, I drive by it, it every day now. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Um, it uh, so they have trees, and then the, Kylie took the kids, and then they came back home, and they're like, "Dad, there's a petting zoo. Dad, there's this. Dad, there's this. There's like a coffee shop." So we ended up Thursday night going. They had already gone one time. <laughs> to go see these animals and they talked us into going again. And we were just like, we were counting down the minutes until bedtime. It's that Uh witching hour. You're like, it's six. If there's anything we could do for like an hour, that would be great. (laughs) And so we bustled in the car, got over there and they, there's a petting zoo. So they had like, like baby goats. Mm -hmm. They had baby pigs, chicks, bunnies, uh, Clive basically put one of the bunnies into a headlock (laughs) and (laughs) UFC would him. Uh, and then there's like these like baby cows. I mean, like nice. they had everything mm-hmm. and I felt bad because I'm like, we had to strategize going into this. Cause we're like, listen, it's a tree farm. What they're doing is they're trying to sell you yes. an $80 noble fur. Right. Yeah. Um, we are, don't need that yeah. and we're not going to do that, <laughs> but we also want to benefit from all of the other work that yeah. you did to make this a welcoming place. <laughs> So we strategized before. She's like, I think they like sell like Killian corn, popcorn, yeah, and like, and like fudge. candy and fudge yeah. and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, if we feel obligated, yeah, then we'll like, you know, spend seven dollars on overpriced uh-huh. fudge or something like that. And uh, we got there, and we thought we could just we pulled in the parking lot, hoping that there would be a lot of people, so mm-hmm. that you could kind of not be the only ones there. Yeah, that wasn't the case. We were one of the only ones there. <laughs> we were just too early because everybody came later. Um, and then as soon as we got there. Uh, the, the, there's a lady that comes out of the little house booth, whatever they have set up. And she goes, Kylie. And so now they know us too. And I'm like, dude, now we're spending money. That sucks. There's, and it was somebody that she did a book club with. I don't know how many years ago. I didn't know her. Although she goes, she goes, Hey, it's me. And she had a mask on and a hood on and like all bundled up. Cause she's working outside. So like the only thing you could see is eyeballs. Yeah. She's like, it's me, Bailey. And I was like, Hey Bailey. And Kylie's like, you don't know Bailey. She was in a book club that you never yeah. went to, and she doesn't go to East Lake. And I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to these goats over yeah. here for a little bit. <laughs> dumb, just dumb. So uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So you're getting some overpriced fudge, fudge for Christmas there, Megan. Just All right, I'll take it. <laughs> oh uh, man, I like overpriced fudge. Yeah, me too. Apparently. <laughs> 
that's good. great. Yep. Uh, hey, Sunday we kicked off a new series at church called Advent. We even had like a new stage set up. I know. Uh, which is pretty cool. And if you were in person, one of the 61 people that were in person on Sunday, then you got a <laughs> chance to see it. Uh, if you were one of the other people who were attempting to log on, we uh, we, we we screwed up again, man. It's not us, though. I know. Well, I know, but it's 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 a bummer, and I feel yeah. I feel bad about it because it's been like you know we're, it's been off and on. It's been a lot uh, so spotty, and we're mm-hmm. trying so hard, and it just is always another thing. I know, poor Andrew. Like he, <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't really show it, but I know he's super stressed on Sundays. Oh that, man, so. he was. Yeah, he was like some, beside himself on Sunday. Yeah, but he can like sometimes put up a good, pretty good wall. Right. Of, like I look calm, but yeah. if you know him, you're I'm, like, he's I'm not raging calm at all. I'm yeah. raging right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Our computer op- auto updated uh, the operating system. We got a new new computer a month Should ago. Probably change when it auto updates. <sighs> we thought we did. Oh. <laughs> Didn't so it auto updated and then the software didn't wasn't compatible yeah. with the new iOS and blah 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 blah. Bottom line is, uh, we find we did tape it obviously, yeah, and it is up now. So it was it, up. It was, it was up, up pretty quick. Yeah, it was so. up pretty quick. But if you woke up and tried to log in, like in your you know on your couch with your slippers on, you get hot chocolate or lo- coffee or whatever mm-hmm. you made, and then you sat down and be like, I'm gonna go to church today, like <laughs> you get a half a star for participation. So good for you. <laughs> Sorry about the fact that you know. Hopefully you found something else. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you find another church and you're like, this guy's better looking and funnier. Um, so that's fine. I get it. I understand. Um, but uh, it is it is live now. So if you missed it, we are going to talk a little bit about it. So I know that that feels weird for maybe somebody who wasn't able to listen to it and watch it. But I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. It's fairly We talked about nostalgia. Content. Yeah. Uh, Advent. Uh, the, the nostalgia aspect of Advent, which is, you know, Advent is uh, the arrival or the anticipation of something. Mm-hmm. And nostalgia is oftentimes a looking back on things, wishing you could go back and, you know, rewatch uh, this. Or, or every time you watch this movie, it makes it feel like Christmas. Great question came to mind uh, as part of this kind of sermon. Prep. Is there any movie that for you... You got to watch at Christmas time, oh, yeah. or else it doesn't feel like. Christmas. I'm not like you. I am a like I repeat movies all the time. I never do. Yeah, I I <laughs> find a lot of like comfort and the familiarity yeah, of the, the jokes and everything. And yeah, okay. Like, um, like remembering that time and just I think it's easier for me to like get into the story when I've already watched it several times. But I'm I am not. Kylie like did you. sort of correct me afterwards. She's like, you made it sound like the only one that we watch Christmas is that. And that's not true <laughs> because we uh we always watch Elf too. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a must watch mm-hmm. for us. So my ours are Love Actually. Okay. Um and White Christmas. Okay. Those are White Christmas is our like family Christmas movie. You watch that on like Christmas Eve together or what? Um, well, when we were growing up, we would just watch it in the season sometime. Okay. Um, but now we usually watch it Christmas Eve. Um, and that's our like I could probably quote to you most of the lines of that movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, not like all right now off the cuff, like in yeah. a row, but as no, we're we, watching it. So I we showed can. that movie here. White Christmas? On uh yeah, when we did uh at the uptown they would do like a winter wonderland. Uh-huh. Winterfest is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And so we offered to kind of be open on that evening so that people could shop, pop their head in, watch a movie, do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And we had popcorn in the lobby and all that kind of stuff. And we showed White Christmas and Holiday Inn on the big screen mm-hmm. downstairs in the main auditorium. And we had little old couples come in and sit down and watch this movie and hold hands. And (laughs) 
it was it was like they this is where we watched it the first time. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, and uh, all those years ago, it was like it was pretty it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's that's like a pretty that's a family classic for us. Um, so those are the two I normally. Are you traditionally nostalgic more at Christmas? Um, are you a nostalgic yeah. person in general? I think I am a nostalgic person in general. I think I'm definitely a nostalgic person. How does Christmas. it play out for you? What 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 do you so, what do you, comes to mind when I say that about you? Well, I mean, I especially around Christmas, we had lots of family traditions because we were a military family, and so my mom was really intentional about making family traditions that we could do wherever we were. Um, to the point that it kind of backfired on her that her like teenage children refused to <laughs> let her make any changes to any of the family <laughs> traditions. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I think for me, a lot of it is wanting to have that familiarity of like, yeah, this is what we do on at this time of year. Um, my sister even would say like a place didn't feel like home until we'd had Christmas there. Um, like whenever we would move, and so. I think for me, it's more like, I don't know, remembering those happy moments and like that feeling. And so that for sure is really heightened at Christmas, especially in our family, because that was one of those like consistent, we had a lot of family traditions and things that were consistent and um, about our family at that time. And so. you moved how many times before you were 18, being a military family? Um, Not as many as a lot. We were in, I spent all of my elementary years in one place okay um but i moved and like five or six times okay that's not terrible i no. mean um but i mean it's more than me but <laughs> you know not yeah. as much as most military yeah. probably um but. we were in one place for almost nine years uh, i think we were there for eight years actually um which is a really long time my dad had several stations in the same area so we were able to stay kind of in the same place as a result so. did any place feel like home no like go back to home i mean washington but that's because that's where my mom grew up so um but that's not where you grew up no though. um but in her mind it was washington well and my parents met at wsu and so like they met in washington okay um my dad was older when he joined the navy but i think if you like forced me to pick a place i would have picked my grandparents house in yakima okay i never lived there yeah we just visited in the summer but that's probably where i would have like said yeah that's that's probably home but i don't i don't answer that question like i just i say nowhere or everywhere that's what i say like i don't <laughs> where have, am i right now <laughs> yeah my home is in kennewick Washington where my cats right are yeah like i mean <laughs> right for me home was where my family was yeah. so it's not a that's i don't know it's a really like i cannot even imagine that feel, like it, i don't understand that at all okay so does it make you when you read about people who are like in books, novels, movies, whatever, stories of, like, the home as a place, as a physical, like, I don't know, the land that we grew up on, this, the creek, the the trees, the way that they would do this, the, the rocks, the you know, all that kind of stuff. May, with that being, for a lot of people, a physical location, and you would say, no, home was just where family is, mm -hmm. do you feel, I don't want to say robbed, because, but it's like, do you feel any different, or is it just like, that's fine for you? No, but no. it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? You it's, don't know what I you don't, don't know. I don't know any other yeah. way. Like, my life is what my life was, and people who've lived in the same house their whole life, their life is what their life was. And so there's no comparing or robbing. My life is beautiful and wonderful for all of the reasons that 
I don't have a place that I lived my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I love who I am because of that. Um, and I don't think I would be the same person if I didn't have that. And so there's not, I don't, there, I don't feel jealous. I don't, and I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel like I gained a lot from the life that my family had. And so, um, yeah, I'm not, it's, I, I can't really go. Yeah, no, like, I just that's, and that I, <laughs> I'm probably in the same way. Like we, we moved three times as a kid, uh, and we were there for about eight years of my life. In, in the first part, eight years of my life in the second part, and then for a long time here in the Tri-Cities, and my parents have lived in pretty much the same house for 25 years, so ever since, like, ninth grade, tenth grade, something mm-hmm. like that, it's been the same house. I mean, that kind of feels like home, but I don't feel like, like, if they moved out of the house, um, like, I mean, I might go back and see it once in a while. Like, I went, let's see, when, when did I go? Like, I've never gone back to, like, my early house in when we lived in Auburn, Seattle area ever. Coeur d'Alene, I guess maybe I've gone back like once, mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't remember it. Like that feeling of land, like going back to mm-hmm. the land. I haven't, but I've always been Pacific Northwest my whole life. So maybe if that was the case where I'm like, okay, now I moved to a completely different climate mm-hmm. and I, and then, you know, spent half my life, the second half of my life in Texas or, or Florida or California or something like that. And I'd be like, man, I just want to get back and experience all four seasons again. I could mm-hmm. see maybe perhaps something like that, but it's not as, not as temporal as this was the home where you see a lot of people do. This is like, oh man. Yeah. Those teeth marks and the banister there, I put those there. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that either. So, yeah. I mean, home for me has always been people and relationships. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a different thing. So we talked about a little bit about uh, the prodigal son and that feeling of that sense of home um, and how, again, that's a parable that Jesus is trying to do to communicate the value of lost things, especially in relation to the father who he, you know, is obviously going to be God in the story of welcoming home this son, like with open arms, full acceptance, that kind of thing, just waiting, waiting for the son to come to his senses really and go, I just need to go home. I just need to go home. Um, and that's that return to home sort of, uh, motif is, is strong in every Hallmark holiday movie ever. Um, it's strong in (laughs) non-holiday movies of, Mm -hmm. uh, of that. And then, but to see it, you know, kind of play out in this, it, it makes sense. And then, uh, the point of the whole talk was really nostalgia does encourage, and during this time we're encouraged to look back. But there's also a forward-looking nostalgia uh, that I think, as Lewis talks about with the d- German terms and suits, it's just that that drive, that longing for fulfillment, that longing for a place, uh, a place where everybody knows your name, you know, <laughs> um, where they're always glad that you came. Um, <laughs> bringing up some Cheers theme music. Um but like that's true. Like when yeah. you the reason one of the reasons Cheers was so popular, and I'm bringing up a super old show that I didn't even watch as a kid, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, was you felt like there was a belonging there. The reason people liked Friends is because six friends who lived in New York across the hall from each other, like everybody belonged there. That was their yeah. place, right? That's the reason you love The Office, right? That's as bad as the uh, an office kind of work environment is <laughs> like you would be you'd love to spend a day in that office cuz you you know if that actually exists i mean <laughs> i know it's a fabrication of it but it just feels like <laughs> i could spend a day there i'd love mm-hmm. being in that moment right uh, and they all belonged in that spot and you can't imagine taking one person out of that thing anyways that sense of belonging is so, super key and and jesus 
um, in his talks with his disciples right before his departure, ascension, uh, says that I'm going to prepare a place for you, a place that is, you know, that that word, that longing, that I'm going somewhere, there's going to be something for you. And I really wanted to make sure I came on this podcast today as I walked away from yesterday thinking about it. Again, uh, I'm reading this book on um, evangelicalism and the, the flaws of the anti-intellectualism anti that is oftentimes associated with evangelicalism mm -hmm. in this escapism sort of mentality of get away to heaven and, you know, don't fo don't focus on the things of the here and now, uh, but focus on everything else and it'll be fine and it'll work mm -hmm. out great. And it really has led to a lack of any sort of attention and focus on actually living out the gospel in, in the present. Um, and so this is not an escapism towards... Um, someday we'll all get to heaven and it'll be, I'll be fine. Um, as much as it is, and I think mo way more so is this longing for, um, a, a place, a longing for, um, a, a place where things make sense, where it all, there's a resolution to life. Like when you're going through struggles and, and issues where you're going, it just doesn't make this doesn't belong here, mm -hmm. right? This this doesn't belong that I'm going through this or that things are happening in this way. Um, and in, in a place where you do belong, it all just kind of fits, I think. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's resolution in that way, not escapism into some heavenly atmosphere, but a place where like the story begins to make sense for us. Does that make sense? Does that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Up anything? Well, because... You know, Advent is about like the traditional like yeah. bent of it is it's waiting, right? It's right. a reminder arrival, that we're waiting yeah. for yep. the arrival. And um like I saw something recently it was talking about being an active waiter. Like not you know, waiting actively, there's how I wanna say it. Um <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> Monsieur I need a refill on this diet coke, please. An active waiter. Yeah, um, be waiting actively, and I think that's that's what that means is that like, and that seeking of home and that seeking of place doesn't have to happen sometime in the future when we die. Like that should be happening now. We're yeah. called to bring heaven to earth, right? We're called to be active participants in this arrival that we're all waiting for, and so. Um, finding that longing for home and that longing for purpose isn't, isn't a passive thing. Um, and it isn't just like, Oh, I know someday I'm going to go to heaven. It's how am I building heaven here? How am I like using that longing that I know? Cause I, I know something's missing. Mm -hmm. And so how am I using that to bring God into this place Yeah, to bring God into this world and to show that light through my life and through what I'm doing in my actions. So I think that's, is that kind of what you were? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right in line with it. <laughs> you look like you took some notes. There. I wrote some thoughts down, but I don't remember. Oh, um, just kind of like on that same bent of like, we're all, we're, I think, I feel like we're searching for home in all things, right? Like that belonging, um, it happens in place, but it also happens with people, um, in all ways. And so, I think that that emptiness that we feel when we're searching and searching, searching, like that's, that's that God space, like as C.S. Lewis would say, like that means that's what we're searching for. We're looking for something outside of what we can find in this world. Um, so like, I think I kind of said most of the things I was going to say, um, 
The other thing I was thinking of, you made a um, comment early on about like, we don't always hold time sacred. Like it's easy for us to think about holding place sacred, yeah. but not always time. But um, I think we do it more unconsciously than we realize, you know, when you buy pre-made dinner or when you take that extra five minutes in the shower or when you, um, you know, like sit in the car to listen to the show a little bit longer, like you are holding space for time. You are holding time sacred. You just, I think in our like capitalistic, like hectic world, we don't think of it that way and yeah. we, and we don't value it. It's not a highly valued thing. And so uh, but I do think that we do it more regularly than we realize hmm. um, and probably should do it a little bit more intentionally in terms of like how we hold space. For yeah. That. I just, I think of the discipline of, uh, you know, an Orthodox Jewish family where they're like Friday night at midnight. Don't ask me if you can go to your friend's house. That's not happening. Like we're home. We're, we're not, we're leisuring. We're doing this and the protective nature of mm-hmm. it. Like, We'll take a day off, and then somebody goes, hey, is there any chance you could just drop the something by, come by? And we're like, yeah, that's not a problem. I mean, I'll figure that out. We'll squeeze it in, right? We make these concessions on our time, or we're like, uh, we're going to, you know, your, your husband or wife or boyfriend or whatever is like, we got to get al- we gotta get alone. We got to go date night. We got to focus on each other. Yeah, yeah, great. And then w- we're there, and any spare minute, we just are checking the score real quick or checking the updates, or checking the bank account or doing something. And that distraction of not focused time. And and you could say, oh, that's just, we live in a distracted culture. Yeah. But we're not actually like, we're not protecting this time. Mm-hmm. It's not sacred to us. It's like just something that we're doing. Right. It's, it's yeah. occupying time, which is totally true. Sacred that's time. totally true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited for the rest of the series because, as I mentioned on Sunday, uh, my mom is, is going to come and speak this Sunday, and then my wife is the following week. And I so, talked to her. She said she was nervous, but she's going to do great. I encouraged her a little. Yes, bit, so. absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> we also missed out on the pre-service festivities, and we had yeah. some, we had a good one. We had a good one lined up. I mean, it was basically the same as what we did last week. I know except for a little bit, except more for this time, neither of you know the answers, well, and. At what I've seen is that when you both don't know the answers, the energy level goes. It's true because we here. get competitive. You, with yeah, yeah, the competitive juices come out, and you're like, which one of us can be more goofy or more funny or whatever? So that's well, what we're, and Kylie gets. She's man, nervous. She get, no, she gets way more competitive yeah. though, and like very yeah. like vocal. Yeah. So yeah. So the game this weekend is uh, we read plot lines to another holiday Hallmark film. You guys have to guess multiple choice based on on what the correct movie title is. So, um, you know, show up early if you're w- logging in this week. <laughs> um, we we can't. I, mean, I, mean, I, can't I, I feel bad about promising, but yeah, we can. We're gonna do our dang we're best. We're gonna do our best. Yeah. To make sure that it is up and live and ready to roll <laughs> at nine forty five a.m. Our live stream kicks off at ten. Would love to have you be a part of either option uh, of yeah. those. So that would right. be awesome. Are we ready for something interesting? Ready for something interesting. You go first? Yeah, because you open. Yep. So um, I, unless you've been under a rock, the news is all about vaccines right now. Yes. The um, UK beat us to the punch. Well, Doc just in it. approval. I know. But like they're <laughs> they're administering some this week. Yeah, I, I know. Heard. It's it's pretty exciting, yeah. honestly. Um, but Radiolab did a couple of um, episodes about vaccines. One was like about kind of COVID vaccine rollout stuff. But the other was about a man, um, a doctor named Maurice Hillman. And um, I don't know if you knew this, Brent, but 
until the COVID vaccine, the fastest vaccine development record was four years. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um, and it was produced by this one man, Maurice Hillman. Um, and he was kind of like the father of modern day vaccination. And he created over 40 vaccines. Um, eight of the 14 childhood vaccines that everybody receives in the United States, he developed. Wow. Um, and the mumps vaccine was- I can't tell what I'm more impressed with, that we have 40 vaccines for our kids or that he developed No, I don't know that 40, the 40 vaccines aren't all for children. Oh, okay. There are 14 childhood vaccines okay. that we get, which is quite a bit. That's still quite um, a bit. And he developed eight of them. Got it. Okay, got it. So um, MMR, he developed all three of those. And then like- figured out how to get them together. He developed chicken pox. Um, the four year, um, record is for the mumps vaccine. Uh, and it, it just like the podcast is just awesome. This man in his life cool. who like hardly anybody ever knows because he was just really, he wasn't very about the attention. And so was he American? Um, yeah. Okay. But he wasn't really about the attention. And so he didn't, um, like most pediatricians don't even know who he is and they give out all these vaccines that he created. Um, he also is the man who discovered that the flu changes every year and then figured out the mechanism for deciding which strain is going to be the most prevalent and then creating the vaccine for that strain every year. Hmm. Um, so he's the reason we get a flu vaccine every year. Um, anyway, so I just, I just thought it was really, really cool. Um, Mar Maurice Hillman, and he what, died uh, in 2005, I believe. What uh, Radio Labs episode is it? Like a recent one? Like yeah, it, just, okay. it was the most recent one. It's called. Well, I can find out what it's called. Okay. Um, While I'm talking, you yeah. can you can figure that out on on that piece. But yeah, yeah, it was really really cool. They had two. One of them was a um, like dispatch. It's called. The episode's called The Great Vaccinator, and it came out on December 3rd. Great. A couple of days ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, I saw that uh, with some of the new Moderna's version of the vaccine, they're doing the mRNA stuff, which uh, is leading to yeah, quicker about stuff that. about some other things. Like they made a big advancement on some sickle cell anemia stuff as yeah. well, um, which is pretty cool. So it's fun to be in this era of science. mRNA is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I did hear that the Tri-Cities is one of the... 20 staging areas in Washington state. Fascinating. Why is that? For uh, the sub-zero temperature because we uh, have that giant freezer that they just built um, out by Horn Rapids. So that is going to be one of the spots. And I heard a rumor that <laughs> it's in a plane waiting for the green light and could be here within a matter of fascinating, like literal hours, maybe days. Not that we would get it. No, in time, no, no. But like physical like it would be over there. That would be well. Crazy. The Moderna vaccine can be stored at regular Less, refrigerator temperature. It doesn't have to be regular freezer temperature. Freezer temperature. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be not the dry ice thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, cool. That's yeah. awesome. All right, mine. I told you I was so excited about this. Yeah, I read like about this this morning. Giddy. I know. Um, <laughs> any idea how tall Mount Everest is? Oh, I heard about this. Did anyway, you? Go, uh, and I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, it doesn't this, matter. But. It de well, the answer to that question is it depends on who you ask because the mountain is shares a border with Nepal and with China. Uh -huh. And based on who you ask, those numbers would be two different things. And the reason that they would be two different things is because Nepal measured it from the top of the ice 
and China measured it from where the ice meets the ground. And so it's a distance. Of- there's also like, a, I think there's a discrepancy in how they measure sea level, which changes. That It was part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, there was like a big earthquake. So they think Everest is actually shorter than it used to be like tw- 10 years ago. Something That's like that. well, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mount McKinley in Alaska is 10 feet shorter now than it was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a distance uh, of 11 feet, uh, which doesn't make it, you know, doesn't sound like all that crazy of a deal. Uh, but they, uh, for the last few years have been, uh, doing some research on it to try and do a cooperative, all right, this is what it's going to be. And we'll both say that this is what it is, mm-hmm. which is kind of a big deal because China's not known to like work well with others <laughs> and they, uh, so, but they're working on this because it's a big yeah. deal. They actually sent, um, some N- Nepalese, uh, officials did some training uh, in, I think, Norway or Sweden, one of those two things to kind of teach them how to do this. So it's not like we're not even going to come in and tell you what to do. Because mm-hmm. I know that the Nepalis are pretty protective about their, yep. their about their property, which they should be. It's their land and, you know, who gets to go up the mountain mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, so in, instead of like sending in, sending in the experts, let's train some of these people to yeah. kind of come up with this kind of stuff and do it jointly with China. So, um, the announcement of the official number is coming Ooh. out this week, everybody. That's exciting. Yeah. So, um, it's probably somewhere between that is 11 feet or one of the two is going to be, uh, <laughs> there, but yeah, it was, it's kind of a cool story. So I found yeah. it in the, uh, wall street journal. I did hear a, um, a quote that I would love to read for you. I'm ready. Uh, this is from Roger Billum, professor of geology and Everett uh, Everest history expert, didn't know he had those, at <laughs> University of Colorado Boulder. Um, here's what he says. This is the cat's whiskers in terms of doing it right. Because it's a Nepalese Chinese venture, there were no impediments to access or technology. Uh, I love it. How old is Roger Billum? Oh, probably quite old. <laughs> Honestly, maybe not because sometimes those like super academic people are just really like Totally. Easy. I He has... <laughs> Lord knows this guy owns a bow tie, is probably wearing it with wire rimmed glasses, going, This is the cat's, cat's whiskers. whiskers. <laughs> I imagine his communication with his wife on the romantic evenings is quite entertaining as well. So, anyways, um, exciting. Cat's whiskers. Uh, that's hilarious. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. Of that's the whole reason you wanted to. That share was that, it. I just wanted to share that quote. I came across that quote and I thought that's too good to let go. I can't let that go. No, I thought. I think that the shrinking of mountains is interesting based on earthquakes. Um, I think it's that, really uh, interesting too because that's actually like a growing part, like because it's two continents coming together. Yeah, continental plates. Yeah. But, um, but sometimes the earthquakes make it. Uh, shrink because Everest is actually growing like three millimeters every yeah. 50 years or something like yeah. that. But um, every once in a while, there's a bit. And I feel like I'm shorter than I was a, a while back, too. So I feel like there's continuity there. Um, so it's great. <laughs> Good. Hey, uh, this Sunday, week two, we also uh, have been doing the RSVPs, are open currently for our Christmas Eve services outdoors. Mm-hmm. 4, 5, and 6 p.m. Now, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you are like somewhat of an East Laker. I don't know if you were not an East Laker, why you would find this at all entertaining. But uh, <laughs> so I'm assuming you're like, yeah, well, I'm pretty like game in for, for whatever they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, so here's, I have a little sm- small special request from you. We have had a large number of people RSVP for four o'clock, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And everybody wants to get it over and done with and get home and watch white Christmas or, you know, put on Barbie <laughs> ornaments on their trees or whatever it is they want to do. 
Um, we have had less of a response for five and six o'clock. All we're asking for is a little bit more balance. If you don't care, so if you're listening to this and you don't care which one you come to, <laughs> would you consider picking five or six or both? <laughs> I don't care. We are not going to have a problem drawing a crowd for four o'clock. That is clear. In mm. fact, we might run out of space yep. soon. So you might not even have a choice to come to five <laughs> or six. So if you get on it early and just choose that, then like you have agency in this whole process. And that's <laughs> a big deal. So um, that would be awesome. We uh, are excited for that evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. This Saturday, we are also kicking off 12 Days of Wear Love. Yeah. Um, Lauren and uh, and some of her Wear Love people have been come up with some great ideas to help you begin to wear love this this Christmas, uh, there's a calendar of ideas, kind of like an advent calendar sort of deal. Yeah. It's available on our app um, as well as in paper form. If you show up on a Sunday, we'll get it to you or put a little request and we'll mail it to you, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Print it off at home and uh, take your kids, family, friends, uh, parents, whatever you want to do through the 12 yeah. days of wear love. I put it on my fridge yesterday. It's on Just our fridge as well. Yeah. About it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, you can also sign up for text message reminders um, by texting 12 Days of Christmas to 97,000. 12 is in the number. Uh, days of Christmas as in, uh, you know, that's pretty easy. No spaces or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, you'll get daily reminders about what's the thing for today. That would is going to be helpful for me just personally because... Uh, the odds of me remembering to look on my fridge are low. The odds of me looking on my phone are extremely high. So there you go. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Yes. See you next week. Bye.